so I get the privilege of introducing our, our missionaries, but before I do that, I'm going to read a scripture that they will be referring to. It's in 1 Corinthians, and so if you have your Bibles with you, or you have your Bibles available, and you just turn them on or open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, and I'll be reading 19 through 23. And I'll be reading from the NIV. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. The word of the Lord. Though I am... Whoa. Okay. This mic's a little different. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but, under, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. The word of the Lord. So Mark and Rachel, you can come on up. Um, interesting, uh, Mark is an American-raised Korean-American, and Rachel is a mix of Japanese and Caucasian. And she grew up in Mexico. So you're fluent in Spanish too, right? Yeah, so <laughs> what'd you say? Only. Only Spanish. Okay, she's not fluent in English or Japanese yet. Yeah, yeah. So without further ado, come on up. And I'll let you talk about your kids too. Yeah. And the Pastor Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. Till what time? What time? Good afternoon. Whoa. Hey. So, uh, good afternoon, or good morning, or just anywhere between. <laughs> um, uh, Mark, and this is my wife, Rachel. Uh, we're glad to be back after almost four years. Um, so, um, sorry, I'm just kind of trying to get my bearings. And we're, we just went through two services, one 15 minutes, one five minutes, and then we're like, okay, now this is like, okay, so... And I'm not yeah, translating for him. So we're not, she's not translating. Um, <laughs> and I always, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're glad to be back. Thank you for having us uh, join, worship with you this morning. Uh, and we're just encouraged to see, uh, see I don't, probably not familiar faces, but a lot, more, a lot of people here uh, worshiping together. Um, and we recognize that might not be the case after uh, uh, the last three years of what we've been through. And, uh, but think, uh, but we're, we welcome you, some of you, for the first time, uh, and welcome you back to worship together. Uh, this morning, we wanted to just uh, start out with a quick um, update on, who, you know, a little bit who we are and what we've been through, and just kind of sharing together um, of, of God's faithfulness, um, um, and hope it will be an encouragement to you this morning. So, uh, Mark and Rachel Kim, we're missionaries with uh, Mission to the World. Uh, we've uh, uh, been in... We're missionaries in Japan in a city called Nagoya, or if you're American, you say Nagoya. 
it's, uh, it's, it's a city that's kind of in between two glamorous cities, Tokyo on the east, about two hours away by bullet train, and also, uh, one hour by bullet train to the west, uh, Osaka. Uh, so, and we're in, right in between, we're the third largest city in Japan. We have about 9.5 million people. Uh, and the city is mainly known for Toyota. So that's where Toyota st was uh, st uh, started, and it's still going strong. So everyone in the city drives a Toyota. But <laughs> and so, uh, um, so uh, we're, we're, our, our heart's desire was kind of like much uh, like what we read this morning from uh, 1 Corinthians, um, just uh, to serve, to be servants. And I think uh, uh, our call as Christians is to be uh, servants of Christ, uh, not, and so this, I wanted to kind of challenge you guys and to kind of uh, look again uh, uh, with what that looks like in different ways later on. But um, uh, this morning, uh, we are with Christ Bible Institute. It's a uh, organization that in, in Nagoya uh, made up of about 13 uh, or 14 missionary families from different mission agencies, and, and our goal is to see and equip uh, Christians in Japan for gospel ministry. Um, so, um, are we on that slide yet? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and just to kind of give you guys a little, to bring, be on the same page, a little bit about Japan. Uh, Japan, the state of missions in Japan right now, out of the 127 million people in Japan, uh, less than 1% uh, know uh, or have heard the gospel or know Jesus as their savior. Uh, in a country like Japan where it's more uh, uh, corporate, uh, it's not individualistic, but it's the opposite. And so uh, family, tradition, and all of that is, is, uh, is kind of what uh, defines a person. So you you're, you're know yourself in light of what family you belong to, what part of Japan you live in. And so it's a very corporate-minded uh, uh, society. And so uh, it's hard in an environment like that to say, okay, I'm going to make a decision to follow Christ um, and, and walk away from my family, my friends, everything, essentially. And so it's a very difficult uh, concept for us Americans to, uh, to, to get or understand because we're so, you know, it's all about me, myself, and my freedom of choice. But in Japan, that's not the case. Uh, uh, although the younger generations are... Uh, as, are uh, are slightly kind of breaking apart from that, but for the uh, mo uh, majority, uh, they're still in it. Um, so uh, less than 1% um, is uh, a Christian. And of the existing churches in Japan, uh, about 70% of the leadership of pastors are 50 uh, years or older. Now, I am 47, I think. Uh, your, your mind kind of goes after 40 45, for me, if I say. So, um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so we're an aging population. Uh, the leaderships are aging, uh, and, and therefore it's, it's harder to reach uh, 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 all of the generation, or especially the next generation for, with the gospel. Because, um, yeah, and so uh, the leadership is, is for, the, for the most part, aging. And there's very less, uh, less than 1% of baptism per year. And so it's a shrinking or a very, uh, very, very low fraction of, of, of population know Jesus or are coming to faith in Christ. And so under, those, under that kind of uh, umbrella or uh, backdrop, um, the Christian churches in Japan are in need of, uh, of new, fresh leaders. Uh, so P 
people who have taken up the call to follow Christ and who are fervent on fire for the Lord, like the campus pastor. Uh, so, like they're energetic. They, you know, they, they can lead worship dynamically and, and present the gospel in a fresh way to the next generation. Um, so that, that's much needed in the church. And also uh, to encourage the existing churches, pastors who have been in it for a very long time, uh, to, to um, have a fresh understanding of the gospel, fresh understanding of what God is doing all throughout Japan so they could be encouraged to, to, uh, to uh, be faithful and, and, and just keep, keep uh, faithful in their, in their calling. Um, so, um, so these are needs that, that the churches have. And so um, this is where Christ Bible Institute comes in. Our CBI, as what we uh, call Christ Bible Institute, uh, our main mission is to equip Christians, uh, and I didn't say just churches, but Christians in Japan uh, for, the, uh, for the work of gospel ministry. Um, and so it is our desire to be servants to the Japanese people by providing, not saying, here, we're, here we are, we are Western missionaries to plant churches. That's not, that's not where God has called us, but our, our role in the mission work of God's kingdom spreading through Japan is, is to be uh, equipping and resourcing, and it's that role. Uh, and Rachel's going to share a little bit more about that. Yep. Um, sorry. Can you go back to yeah. yes there you go. so some of the ways we do that at our team on our team is so we because there's a lack of younger christian leaders um there's a seminary that we're a part of sorry i'm not sure why it's doing that on the slide but anyways ignore the bottom <laughs> um look at the top so we are part of a seminary um we're also we have a church planting center so um, young pastors who are going through seminary training um, and even older pastors who are part of existing churches um, but want more encouragement, want more um, renewal in their own life spiritually, uh, they can be connected. We can connect them with other church planting networks. Again, it's so much of life and ministry in Japan is that you feel so alone um, because you just do not interact with or meet a lot of Christians. And so a big part of, of what our ministry does is work with church planters. Um, we also... Um, have a Christian counseling center. Um, as you can imagine, you've probably heard of, you know, high rates of suicide and depression, and that's kind of a global trend. Mm. But um, in Japan, uh, probably similar to other parts of the world, there's just a huge stigma for mental health. And so really trying to equip Christians and pastors and ministry leaders to be um, resources to people in their churches and with their families, mm. um, because they can really provide some stopgap support and care, um, and hope, ultimately, um, in Christ. Uh, we also have a printing press. So part of providing resources in Japan, um, you and I can go out, we can, like, look for some Christian, you know, like, Google something and, like, find Christian resources at our fingertips. Um, but that is not the case in Japan. Even though, you know, they're highly developed and Christianity has been there for a long, long time, there's just not a lot of... Um, quality Christian material that's being published at a kind of a, an ongoing rate. And so they have some of the old stuff and they keep reprinting that, but there's not a lot of newer stuff, especially stuff that's connected to counseling. Mm. And so that's really where we've been focusing more of um, our ministry at CBI in recent years. Um, also, I wanted to say, so Pastor Jeff said um, that we could be free flowing in this. So if you have <laughs> questions um, yes. as we're sharing, 
Um, if you could think of that question and maybe hold it till the end, we would love to answer questions if there's anything that we need to clarify or other things um, that you want to know about. So just wanted to mention that. Um, so in 2019, we arrived. You guys have supported us. You might not know this, but your church is one of the first churches that supported us when we were baby missionaries. So like um, as a missionary, like we didn't have like a lot of history to like back us up. Like we don't have all this like years of experience and we've been in this, uh, in this field for a long, long time. We were new baby missionaries and we still are. We're toddlers now maybe. Um, but your church really was instrumental in coming alongside us and supporting us from the beginning and joining with us and growing with us and seeing our kids grow. So it's really fun for us to be back. Um, just to be reunited and get to um, meet with so many of you. Some of you have read our newsletters for years, and so it's just really fun um, for us. Side note. Um, all I'd say, we arrived in 2019. We knew we'd need lots of flexibility, right? Missionaries, that's what you need is flexibility. Um, we moved to um, a new place, and so we were in a row home in Philly, and then we moved to, you know, um, high-rise on the 18th floor, so we knew we'd have a new home, two bedrooms, uh, with three kids, it's kind of crazy. Um, and in Japan, they have like sliding doors for everything. So like the volume is just amplified, which becomes very important, right? Because six months later, you know what happens. Um, so we were in new schools. Um, our kids are in Japanese schools. Um, and we were really nervous about that, honestly, like as Asian parents of non-Japanese putting our kids, you know, you'd hear all these horror stories. And of course, there's history, right? Um, between because various I'm countries. As well. yeah, so, yeah. Yes. And so um, we were really concerned about what that was going to be like for our kids as hidden immigrants who look outwardly similar but didn't have any language when we went. Um, and God has just been so gracious. And we really attribute that also to people who've been praying for us um, all these years. Um, we started new jobs. So Mark is a graphic designer by um, training. We both met in seminary. So we also have. Um, Bible training and theolo theological training. I was a counselor by training and then worked in nonprofit world. So I'm saying all this to you because I feel like some of you out there might think, oh, I'm only a accountant. I'm not really missionary material. Or, oh, I'm only, um, I don't know, a teacher. Um, we're starting a school in our city. So anyways, just wanting to plant seeds and encourage you, to, like God is so big and he needs, he needs people with all kinds of skills and backgrounds. So um, don't think missionaries are only pastors or only Bible teachers. There's, there's place for everyone, right? So we started new jobs and language school. This is our vehicle for 10 months. Um, so we live in a densely populated city, and um, it took us a while to figure out if we wanted a car because, you know, driving on the other side of the road and, like, parking's really expensive. But this is our car, and we loved it for that season. <laughs> And then we're very happy to get a car. <laughs> um, and then, of course, six months in, COVID-19. Um, and it was not what any of us expected, right? And so I'm sorry because it might be a little PTSD for some of you also, like being like, oh, I didn't want to like, I don't even want to think about what that was like in 2020. So no. bear with us because God is good and he's done a lot. Mm -hmm. um, like you, we were in lockdown. Um, for th maybe not like you, I don't, I don't even know. Every, every area was different, right? But for three months, we stayed in our apartment, our two-bedroom apartment with sliding doors and three children. Um, and it was really hard. I mean, I really felt like I was coming to the end of myself. Like, we didn't have friends. We didn't know the language. 
We didn't even know where a lot of places were to get around and find things in the city. Like Amazon was still weird, and like I couldn't figure out the translation piece of it. And so just felt really, um, I don't know, like powerless and meaningless and hopeless, all the less, right? Like all those things that probably many of you felt at some point um, the last few years. And it was challenging and it was, I mean, we were so anxious and nervous. Um, we had teammates who were leaving because people just didn't know, are the borders going to close? And sure enough, they did, right? Um, and Japan still hasn't fully opened its borders. Um, so, yeah, lots of unknowns. Um, this was our, Mark's office um, because it was the only quiet place in our apartment. Um, so, yeah, lots of creativity like all of you. We had big events planned um, as a ministry team. So we are all very excited. If any of you know who Paul Tripp is, he's an, a Christian author that writes a lot of like, um, devotionals and really helpful Christian um, books. And he was going to come, so we were all excited. And of course, it was postponed. Um, and so we were kind of wondering, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, God, we've like, been raising all this support, and like, we don't, we're like worthless here. Like, we're no help to anyone, and actually we're a drain <laughs> on missionaries who can speak the language. Um, and yet, like, God had us there for a reason, and we had to go back to that. So ways that we saw God answer prayers. Um, Japan took forever to get the vaccine um, and to roll it out. So we were watching people, he, like, you know, we were praying for a long time that a vaccine would come, and then it arrived in America, and everybody was getting vaccinated, and we were still in Japan, and they're like, yeah, we're not sure, we're not sure it's still in testing. Um, and so... So Japan is a country that's very careful and slow to roll things out. Very so, methodical and very cautious. Yeah, and so they stick with what has worked over the years, which is why fax is still a big thing in, in Japan. Um, and yeah. so it's a very slow... Yes. You know, which is why. So all that to say, God provided. None of us got sick for years. And none of, the t none of our teammates got sick. None of the Christians that we were in contact with got sick. None of our kids' friends. So... Um, that, was, that really is like a huge answer to prayer because it would have been a very, like we were told at one point, like you need to decide if you're staying in Japan and if you're willing to navigate the hospital on your own because we can't guarantee that we can have a translator for you. So you kind of as a family have to decide, are you in or are you out? Like, and so all of us had this like, I think we're in, but like what is that going to mean? Like God, are you going to call me to this like very scary situation? Because whenever you test positive in Japan, you had to be <coughs> hospitalized. Um, and again, no language, like people don't speak English, like we, um, like we kind of maybe thought they would. Um, our financial support remained stable. Again, that was a huge answer to prayer when there's so much instability in the world. Um, and I think one of the biggest blessings that came out of this was that our team really was forced to reorient. Um, and I don't know if this resonates with your church, but we were a very like program-driven team. We liked to do things. We liked tangible projects um, and ministries. And with COVID, everything canceled, and we couldn't do any of that. And so what we could do was pray. And, um, you know, you think, oh, missionaries, they're probably, like, really good at praying. Um, and actually, we're not. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really had this time of, like, having um, to grow new muscles, right? And it's not something that came easily, and yet God, um, I think that was a mercy and a grace that he gave us during COVID is that there, there was not a lot that we could do, and so what we could do was pray. 
I mean, we should be living like that all the time, right? But it takes sometimes some very extreme measures um, for God to get that into our heads. Um, we are also daily challenged to lean into Jesus. Um, and a lot of times out of desperation. And I, so I was working full-time before we went on the field, and Mark was um, staying home with our kids. And so when we got to Japan and COVID hit, I was home with the kids more, and he was doing language study. And I was going to lose my mind. Like, like probably a lot of parents who were like with their kids all the time, and you couldn't go outside, and the playgrounds were shut down. And so I was really crying out to the Lord in desperation. Like, Lord, you have to help me today because... I don't know how to love my children. I, I just, it'll be a miracle if we come out alive. Um, we're happy to uh, tell you that we have all three kids this year. <laughs> yes, they're still alive. Walking. Um, there. Yeah. Other ways that we saw God answer prayers. So um, in Japan right now, um, most seminaries are not growing. And in fact, they are declining in their attendance um, of students and student enrollment. Um, but we've been so thankful that our seminary during COVID has actually grown. Um, and that's just a testimony of God at work um, in the lives of people. Um, because choosing to go to seminary um, is a really big deal. That basically cuts you off from any other career movement in any other field. Because everyone will ask, well, where have you been for the last chunk of time in your resume? And they're like, yeah. It's sort of a um, yeah, career suicide. And so it's been amazing because God has brought more people um, who are fervent for the Lord. Um, it also moved our team. Again, Mark was saying that Japan is like old school. Like you think sushi, you think all these like technological advances. Yeah, yeah, it is that. But for like the common man, like they weren't even using credit cards as regularly much, when we got this. Yes. So like you had to have all this cash, and I was like, I don't even, I, what do I, I don't even know how to get cash out. Like, um, so there's just been all these adjustments, but because of COVID, like everything, like people got way more comfortable doing things online, and that has really been a blessing to um, Christianity in Japan because yeah. people can act like they might not ever walk through the doors of a church. That is just way too weird. Um, people will think things about them, and so it's too scary. But they might, like, look at, attend a service online. Now, does that, like, draw them into, like, community and fellowship? Probably not, but it's a baby step um, for them to experience what it's like um, as part of a church on hearing the gospel. So our team, similarly, was able to um, really participate in some new projects online um, that were super well attended across Japan. And so... 500 people attended some counseling trainings that we did, and we were able to translate some new books. And so, again, we're the new people, and so we're excited. But, like, for people who've been there a long time, they're like, this is unheard of. This is such an indication of, like, God and the Holy Spirit at work. And just this hunger um, for gospel tools. Yeah, um, just a word about, like, you know, the, when we translate the books and publish them, uh, we have you know a pile of uh, uh, inventory in, at, a, at our build in our building and we are, give them out for free basically as long as they pay for the shipping and handling but it's it's not you know it's not for profit at, at the moment um, and so we're handing them out and then people are just you know asking for it so we're we're glad to see the books moving 
uh, and people asking for them. And part of it is like uh, one of your congregation have, have um, participated in that uh, over the winter. So thank you for, mm -hmm. for being intentional and for, uh, for sharing your resources mm -hmm. to people who uh, uh, need it in that way. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, real quick, I wanted to share a story. So um, again, I don't know a lot of Japanese. I've been in tutoring for two and a half years while he was doing language school part-time, and then we were both working for um, CBI. And I was taking care of the kids mostly, but this picture is a group of <clears throat> our youngest um, just started preschool uh, in the spring, and this group of women, um, we've all become really good friends. And by some miracle, I think God just knew I needed relationships and communication. So most of them speak some level of English and are willing to practice it with me. And so we were meeting, this is a goodbye event that they had for me. And um, so the woman ne next to me, the tall woman, she um, went to seminary at CBI and she's been a part of some different trainings. Um, there's a training called Sonship. It's kind of like gospel renewal in your life. And she's just really been eating it up. Um, and she's become a dear friend. And so one of the other moms at this gathering started asking me, Rachel, okay, oh, hey, Rachel, okay, so you're a missionary. Like, what does that mean? What do you do? So I'm trying to explain it in a way that's understandable and not totally weird, but it's still weird because it doesn't fit what they know, right? So I'm like, you know, well, there's, God has done something in my heart, and it just matters so much to me that I want to share that. Um, you know, we want, we want to come here and we want to support um, other people who want to learn about who God is. Um, and so they were like, oh, okay, like, I guess that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> and then she moved to the, our Japanese friend, um, the Japanese Christian woman, and she was like, so wait, why are you a Christian? Um, and my Japanese friend, like, without skipping a beat, um, was able, so she didn't, like normally they'll pause and they'll translate for me so I can kind of feel included in the conversation. But without skipping a beat, she just kind of went into her story and her testimony of why she as a Japanese person um, believes uh, that Jesus died for her and, and how he's given her a new life. And so I was just sitting there and I was praying and I was like, oh God, like I know this is kind of like one of those like sacred moments where I just need to be praying and trust that you're at work because obviously the Holy Spirit is doing something. And... It was such a cool picture to me because I shared a little bit of my testimony and they heard it. You know, they were like, oh, that's great. Like, that's interesting. But I'm a foreigner and I will never, um, I will never in their eyes really have um, come from the same place of understanding culturally um, and, and where some of the barriers are. Um, for Japanese Christian or Japanese people to hear the gospel. And so to be able to be there praying for my sister and have been a part of some of these trainings with her um, and knowing that God was using her voice through the ministries that we've been able to support and equip her with was just so powerful. We were like, this is why we're here, right? Like this is, we want, we want Japanese Christians who are going to be much more effective at sharing the gospel um, with their um, Japanese brothers and sisters, um, we want to support them, we want to encourage them, we want to pray for them. And so, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. It takes, it usually takes a really long time for a Japanese person to become a Christian. And usually they say they need to leave Japan for them to become a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then if they ever go back to Japan, it's really hard. And most people kind of fall away because cult the cultural pressures and the family pressures 
they, they can't make sense of it in their own culture again. Mm -hmm. And so you can pray for my Christian friend, Yoko-san, that she would just continue to be a light. And please pray for these women who have heard the gospel, um, and we'll see, right? Like we're planning, Yoko-san and I are planning and hoping to do um, like a mom's group when I return. Um, but I can't do that without her because, number one, language. But number two, like she's just way more effective at navigating some of those things. Um, so that's just a little picture of why we love what we're doing and the role that we and our team has in terms of equipping and supporting Christians. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's just a side note. It's a really, it was really neat because Yoko-san, uh, her friend, uh, had uh, been taking sonship class with her dad, who's also part of the same team. And uh, for the assignment a couple of weeks back, prior to this, um, it was, the assignment was to practice your, uh, your uh, testimony. And so she'd been practicing her testimony. And, and so uh, in that context, God uh, kind of you know, brought this all together. So it's a beautiful picture of like how God uses things that are like, like really, like do I have to really, I, I don't know if, if you're a Christian, if you've been Christians for years and someone asks you, can you, can you share your testimony? You're like, oh, you, know, you got to write it and you got to think about it. And it's just a hard thing to put together um, because you, it, it, it's, it encompasses all your life and not just a moment. And so um, for her to have had that opportunity to sit and think through and write out her testimony so that when this moment came, she was able to do that, it was, it was just like, it's a God thing, right? He, he's with us, right? Um, and so, um, so in, in light of that, like the, the passage that we shared this, mo this morning uh, was from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, you know, 19 through 23. Uh, and... You know, Apostle Paul, who is not like an is not an American. He's not he's not Western, but he was he's he's from the Eastern tradition. Right? He's he's he, he's like he's uh, he comes from a corporate-minded, uh, uh, not an individual-centered um, um, cultural background and the con context. And so, when Apostle Paul says here um, uh, in his letter to the churches of Corinth, the churches of Corinth, that he is free uh, from all. Right? He's not he's not uh, you, you have to. Uh, take a moment and, and sh be intentional to think about where Apostle Paul is coming from when he says this. And then earlier in this, in this book of, of 1 Corinthians, uh, there's divisions that arose in the church of Corinth and saying, that said, I'm following Apollos, I'm, I'm following Cephas, I'm following Paul. And so there was a, there was a context of uh, believers who were divided uh, with, amongst different leaders, um, or perhaps from different cultural background as well. And so uh, into this divisive, um, 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 uh, I guess, setting, uh, Apostle Paul writes this letter to the, Cor the church of the Corinth, and he says this to them, uh, and then he says, I'm free from all, but, I, I, but I, I'm a servant to all. And this passage is particularly was impactful for me in seminary because, uh, you know, as second-gen or third-gen uh, Chinese-American or, or whatever your background is, and Korean-American, Japanese-American, uh, you know, we, we grew up in this American culture and we, we are given uh, the gift of freedom. But the, the, and, um, and so as we grow up, we feel like we can do whatever we want to do with it. And, we, and sometimes we buy into the, to the, 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 uh, the cultural narrative that says you can choose and be whatever you want. Um, but Apostle Paul is not talking about choosing to do whatever you want with your life uh, per se. But he's saying, uh, he says here, you know, now I was once who belonged 
to a group of people who are very conservative-minded, who follow the every letter of the law. But then he says, when, I found, when Christ found me, when I met him on the way to Damascus, it changed. Something so powerful was, happened in that encounter that Apostle Paul's whole framework, his understanding of reality, understanding of who he was in light of his cultural context and his community had shifted radically. You know, it, it takes, you know, for me, I'm, I'm in my late 40s, and it takes me, like, a, a radical shift to change me from a coffee, this brand of coffee to this brand of coffee kind of guy, you know. But, but Apostle Paul is something bigger than that, more profound, right? And he says here, in his freedom, he turns to Christ and he says, you know, uh, I, 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 my, in my freedom, I choose to be a bondservant and go wherever he tells me to go. Uh, and, and, and do whatever he calls me to do. And this is a powerful uh, thing I want to think about. But um, just for a second in closing, uh, is, yeah, it's, uh, Apostle Paul, when he chose this um, to be a servant of all, um, he, you know, uh, when we think about being a servant, you know, our images of authoritarian figures and masters or dads or even bosses are very very range, right? A range. Some, you know, it could be a range. Someone who is gentle or or, or horrible. Um, but um, I think I want to turn to turn your attention to Psalm 23. This is kind of the the lifelong passage that God really met me uh, when I was going through a really hardship in my life, and and he, he and he, this is how he ministered to my life. And uh, and um, the God that Apostle Paul turns to and is willingly uh, subjecting himself to a lifelong uh, bond servanthood is, is because he knows a savior. He knows a God who is a shepherding God, a God who is not um, abusive with his power, a God who doesn't hold his power over your life, over you and says, you're going to you know, obey me or I'm going to strike you down. But he gladly lays his life down for, for his shepherd, a sheep and his flock. Uh, in, you know, uh, in, in this passage, in Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, um, 3 and 4, it reads, it reads this. It says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, so, you know, Apostle Paul here, uh, not Apostle Paul, but King David, who is also a king, uh, was called uh, someone who was, even by God, uh, a man after my own heart. Uh, and this, and, 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 and so he, and he reflects to his people uh, who, the heart of God. And I hope you guys, as, you, uh, as you've been through this past three years and are exhausted from this change and what mask wearing and, and the fears of, of all that uh, entails and the shift that our society as a whole, like, uh, like with all the racial and all these other things that has happened in the past three, past three years, and you're tired and you're scared, or wherever you may be, know that you have a, a God who is not distant, uh, who has not left you to yourself and to, for you to figure it out, but he's, he's a shepherd who walks with us. Um, I think before marriage, I've, I finally, you know, I had the foolish thought that, okay, if I got married, I don't have to worry about anything else in my life, and that's, my life's goal is set. But then, surprise, 
life, life is not just a stagnant thing. Like, you don't stay in one place, but life is a journey. And uh, if you're free, uh, if you don't have, know a shepherd who walks with you through those life's journeys, through the vistas of life, uh, then you're on your own. And that, what a scary world that is. And what a scary life that is. I mean, and, and for some of you, it might be, feel like I could do this, but, you know, this might be more scary than others. But, uh, but uh, would you take comfort in the, in the God who, uh, who says, I will not leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never forget about you. Not because you guys are worth it. You got, I mean, not because you guys are good and you do your due diligence and obey the commandments and read your scriptures, but because we have a Savior and his blood is over us. And because of that, because of that, not because you're good, not because I'm a missionary, but because he loves you for because of what Jesus has done. And if you have that assurance, um, we could take that step even though it might be a, f- a fearful step, you can take that step however slowly or uh, at a pace that God uh, has for you. So this morning, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having, uh, spending your time with us. Uh, we wanted to share, this, uh, uh, to share this with you this morning to uh, turn to our good, good and faithful sh- uh, shepherd uh, and, and, and follow in his steps because of, of servanthood to people to all because that's how he's uh, uh, that's how he's what he's done for us as well and so in closing I wanted to share quick three prayer topics for us um, one is that uh, the, yeah the first one is please pray for our seven month now five months more long uh, HMA home ministry assignment. Oh, home ministry assignment sorry for those yeah. uh, uh, our kids have f- completed their first full week of school in an American elementary school um, and, uh, and they've done well as best as we could hope and we had hoped and thank you for your prayers and we ask you to continue to pray for our time here as we uh, meet with uh, new partners and, uh, and, and existing partners in ministry and, and would you continue to pray for us in, in that it's a full schedule uh, our kids sometimes love coming with us other times they're like do we have to and, uh, and so it, please pray for their hearts that, that God would meet them in their struggle and that we could be gracious to them and, and not expect them to, you know... Be a little missionaries. Yes. <laughs> um, and the second one is please pray for... Um, um, let's see. Sorry, we edited our prayer yeah. request. So, um, like, oh, we didn't copy yeah. it here. So our uh, continued language acquisition. I, I'm done with our fir- with our first round of Japanese, and, and Rachel will uh, resume hers when she, when we go return in, in uh, February. So please pray for that and for the relationships that we've left behind. Um, and it's yeah, we that God will sustain that and continue to grow uh, those conversations. Um, and lastly, pray for please pray for our Japanese pastors. Um, I'm sorry we don't have the names of the TAF pastors, uh, but we have, uh, when we were still at Japan side, we've heard news that a couple of pastors in the area uh, were, were under depression. And so, and, you know, after two, three years of serving in the pandemic and trying to you know, pivot and, and, and do all these things to uh, encourage their congregation, it's, it's exhausting to keep giving and giving. So please pray for their, uh, their spiritual health pray for their for relationships that people would come ar- alongside them and walk with them because 
you know, that, that's how we, we are made for community, right? We're not made to be our, by ourselves. So please pray for them and for encouragement. Um, and so thank you for this morning and for having us. That um, QR code up there is, um, oh, yes. we do a monthly-ish prayer update and newsletter update. So if you don't get those, but you would like to receive them. Um, we actually hear from a bunch of um, Cornerstone folks pretty regularly through our updates. So it's kind of fun. Um, but you can uh, scan that. And then we also have some flyers in the back or somewhere, Pastor Jeff, if you, if you want to take some uh, just for more information. But thank you guys for having us. We're so thankful to be with you. Thank you. Um, I'd like to uh, practice what you guys just asked, hmm. that we could pray for you. Yes. <laughs> so before they uh, go and sit down, let's all stand. And... Um, if you could, uh, we can't all lay our hands on them, plus that might not be COVID acceptable. <laughs> but um, I'm going to stand behind them. And if you guys could just kind of put your hands out like that, so imagery-wise. <laughs> and uh, let's pray for them. Father, it is, it is exciting to see the, the things that you are doing in these two hearts and the hearts of their children. Things that we can't even see, but we can see some evidence of. And also, Lord, what you're doing in Japan, we see and hear the many needs. And we lift that up to you. And we pray especially for this next five months as Mark and Rachel and their three children are here. And encouraging us as well, Lord, we pray that they would be encouraged. That they would be, in a sense, refreshed, even though they are giving, even on this side of the, the ocean. And that, Lord, that you would be so much a part of their daily activities here, even though it's so busy and chaotic and so many things changing. But, Lord, that this would be a time of growth for them in a different way. And, Lord, we also pray for the language. Uh, they're attaining that Japanese language that you would give them in your spirit, the gift of tongues, and just be able to pronounce well and to understand and and, uh, and be able to speak it from their heart. And Lord, we also lift up to you our brothers and sisters in Japan as they are tired, especially the, our shepherds there, are the ones you've called to be pastors. Lord, may they be refreshed. May they fall back on you, Lord Jesus, the rock and our redeemer, and find your presence in their minds and their hearts and their families and that they can experience that rest that you have for us ahead, but also here and now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.